Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Monty and Allie. Welcome back. I'm Monty. And I'm Allie. And that's Whitney Houston. For those of you who remember when she actually had a voice before her life was abruptly and ridiculously ended with just a barrage of self-destructive behaviors. She's someone who clearly, as a singer, uh, influenced my life for sure. So I'm really glad we found this. Thanks, Mr. P, to my producer. So we're back for another Friday. And a couple of interesting topics on the table. One, you have a class action suit of youth uh, against a vape manufacturer. In a proposed class action suit against e-cigarette maker Juul, a Voorhees, New Jersey teen claims that he started vaping at 14 and became addicted. Two more teens filing product liability suits against Juul. Matthew DeVello, now 18, claims he started vaping at 16 when he was a minor and says students at his high school were jeweling in bathrooms outside the building, even in class. And Morgan Colella of Williamstown, now 19, says she started two years ago and now needs nicotine to function. (sighs) Okay. You have to run with this because this is just, excuse my language, this is such bullshit and I'm so over it. I can't even begin to tell you. No, I 100% agree. We are pathetic as a nation whenever it comes to this. So I, I agree. I mean, here's the deal. You are a minor. First of all, you're breaking the law even buying the products or having someone buying the products for you. So where do you come in filing a lawsuit? Also, we knew it was nicotine to begin with. We always have known it was nicotine. Yes, it was. It w- has absolutely been mismarketed. I will give them that credit. It was 100% marketed as safer than cigarettes. You, It's better than for you than cigarettes. You should be smoking this instead of cigarettes. That's 100% their marketing tactic. And it's been clear by, I think we're up to now six vaping deaths, that that's not true. And this product, cigarettes have been around for 40 years plus uh, or more, uh, yeah, hundred, like yeah. way longer, a long, that. long time. Yeah, uh, vaping has been around for like five years, and we have already started to see issues with it. Yeah, so yeah, it was mismarketed, it was mismanaged. Um, it definitely was marketed as a tool to minors, but for minors to be suing, that just I, I don't. Know. So my thing is, where were the parents? Because yeah. I always go back to the parents. Why do you not know what your children are doing? Yeah. So you are without excuse whenever it comes to this and whether it was mismarketed or dismarketed for you not to know that your kid is sucking on something at school um, that is illegal for them to have. That's on you. Yeah. So all of this blame shifting in the country is positively ridiculous and setting us up for this whole wave of socialism mm-hmm. that anyone with half of a brain can see coming down the pike so yeah it, yeah as a parent i have zero this is a zero tolerance policy for me i just read where uh joe biden was at the latest democrat debate 
notice I didn't say Democratic, Democrat debate talking about, you know, we need more um, social services for parents. We need there to be more social workers, more access to social workers, because parents really just need help getting through this thing called parenthood. And I'm like, no, you need to stay the hell out of my kitchen. I do not need you helping me raise my child or to make any kind of a decision whatsoever when it Mm -hmm. comes to raising my kid. And if you're that much of a buffoon that you don't know how to raise your own child, then quit having them. Do the world a favor. Keep your legs together. Buy a bag of quarters. Do whatever it takes. I mean, I'm so over this crap. It is mind-boggling to me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people are just willfully laying down going, you know, yeah, Bring in more social service. Why isn't the school fixing everything? Yeah. Why isn't why aren't school administrators and teachers and principals and people have no idea how political their school boards are? Oh yeah. I mean it's crazy. If anyone has seen the re- most recent season of Handmaid's Tale, you should understand why you don't want the government deciding how you should and shouldn't raise your kids. And people think that's just Hollywood. No. It's just Hollywood. It's, it's not. Just, it's just the freakadoos that show up at our state capitol to pound sand over, you know, saving unborn babies' lives in their garb, in their wardrobe, to make a statement. But Hollywood's always making a statement. I just did a podcast coming up next week about trap and rap music and R&B and all of the origins of all this. R&B, eh, I'll kind of leave them out of it. But jazz and all that. But when it comes to rap and trap and hip-hop, and people think, oh, it's cool, it's sexy, it is what it is. And I'm like, have you listened to any of that crap? It's bad. Do you? I mean, seriously, do you listen to the words it's as bad. you're bouncing down the road? No, they don't. And their kids are singing it on TikTok. Well, and look here, young lady, it's in your car, too, because I got in a couple of weeks ago out of sheer surprise, and it was like, I'm a mother, and her bending over and shoulder. I'm like, all right, turn this crap off. Seriously, look at you like you're busted on the air. I'm like, why do you listen? Mom, it's just, you know, it's just, I know. And then you know all the lyrics, and everyone around you knows all of the lyrics. And it's like, I'm going to tell you why. It's exactly like vaping it creates this popcorn lung for vaping it creates a popcorn brain whenever it comes to trap and rap music and and hip-hop it just does and what it does is it hardens your soul so that you can't even recognize what the heck you're agreeing with and everyone's bouncing around singing to it and then and then we want to feel bad about we want to create hashtag campaigns around well i should be able to run around half naked and not feel like anybody's lusting after me girl Stop. You cannot have it both ways. Like either get more. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your generation is crazy. No, out I of take control. responsibility for that, too. You see the stuff I walk out of the house with sometimes. And yeah, I see your face. Not on my watch, though, because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you wearing? And I will yeah. stop you and go, D- OK, is that how you want your date or any guy around you to perceive you? I will legitimately stop you and say, mm-hmm. and if you do, you're a grown woman. Walk your happy butt right out of the house. But when you keep attracting dirt bags and you keep coming back to me and crying at the kitchen counter, there's only so much of that crap I'm going to take before I'm like, listen, we might need to take a look at how you're presenting yourself and what it is that you're attracting. And why can I speak to that? Because nobody dressed like a hoochie better than me. So, and when I was your age, I've, I've got pictures to prove it. It was rough. 
<laughs> so, but I was also the girl who had been sexually molested since I was three. So I didn't know anything about my sexuality other than it was something that must have been an identifying marker. Yeah. So I used it. It was because something just, to what be you do. commodified. Correct. But you have not been raised that way. So whenever I look at you, I'm like, girl, you are without excuse. Yeah, and it's and it's an age thing. I will tell you that. I went through my closet and purged this summer when I tried to put on some shorts. And I was like, girl, you are not 19 anymore. And your your butt is definitely not 19. And it never will be again. Ever. So your hips are not 19. Your waist is absolutely not 19. And shorts are time to go. And yeah, I had to take a real hard look at myself and some things that I was wearing. And I was like, why did I ever wear this, first of all? And I certainly can't get away with wearing it now. Well, part of it is growth. I understand that. Part of it is everyone trying to find themselves. And, you know, for a while, you were like bugging the system because you were like queen conservative, always very coming true. up through school, high school, always very conservative, mainly in rebellion to me not being queen conservative because you were like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing that. And so you know, I wasn't you, that. That judgy. is so, so judgy. So, so judgy. Mom, judgy. why are you wearing that? Your cleavage. I'm like, girl, I got boobs. I'm always going to. OK, I love my girls and they're big and I'm fine with it. And they're mine. <laughs> And they're healthy and they're beautiful the and they gave you life. Committee. So shut up. <laughs> big itties. Big itties? Yitties. What's a yitty? It's a titty? Yeah. But, but why are they yitties? Why does it got to be a yitty? That sounds like something from Pennsylvania. Like I'm making cheese Just in a sound- baker outfit. I don't know. It sounds funny. It's on TikTok. <laughs> it would be on TikTok. That was a yitty. God. <laughs> I don't even. My, my boobies are not yitties. I'm just going to. And they're not even titties. That's like, <laughs> that's like some little itty bitty titty committee it thing. It is. That has never that's been me. That's why they're Since yitties. fourth grade. So, and I was the chick when my mom's like totally German. Huh. No razors, no bras, you know, and I'm running around looking like if I run in PE, I'm going to hurt myself. And people are looking at me like, why can we see straight through your shirt? Because, you know, we're so American and colonialized about everything. You have All to the wear other girls had training bras. I'm like, what are we training exactly? Are we tra- your muscles to, to atrophy? Uh, right. Fun fact about yeah, your bras. Thanks, Victoria's Secret. Yeah. There's Victoria's Secret. Yeah. The secret is don't wear a bra and your boob muscles won't atrophy. Well, I don't know, because you, okay. Because, see, you practiced that crap in college because you were out on the left coast. I practice that now. Well, not as often, because as you've so eloquently stated throughout this show so far, your body has changed. It has, but yeah. if I'm in a and if I'm in a place where I know it would be so offensive and disrespectful that someone just could even perceive the fact that I have boobs and I have nipples... <laughs> Then the eyeballs of the face. Yeah. Then <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, then yes, I will put on a bra. Dear yes. God, especially oh when my she goodness. goes out with me, I'm like, girl, we are going but to other a than GOP that, function. But other you need than to that, no. Cover that thing up. No, everyone has boobs. Everyone has boobs. Everyone has boobs. <laughs> well, and I'm going to say it again. Everyone has boobs. boobs. And as many girlfriends as I've had, I'm just going to straight up. This is no. This is not shaming anyone who's ever struggled with breast cancer. As many girlfriends as I've had with breast cancer who've had to have them removed who are scarred permanently. Ever, I mean, I take care of my breasts, and I'm not ashamed of my breasts or my feminine, none of that. And so I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for the health of my breasts. So I don't let people, um, you know, I don't let people 
determine how I feel about my body. Mm -hmm. I have enough of my own struggles and successes with my own body, but that's also part of turning, you know, over 40. There's something that happens in a woman's brain, or there should be, the majority of us. The second the big four zero clock turns over, there's a giant, uh, your give a crapper just completely runs out on certain things. You just don't care because you've made it to that point and you realize how many people didn't make it with you. Like whether by they've died or by virtue, their opinions just suck and they've always sucked. And so why take them into your 40th year with you? So, yeah, there's just something that happens at 40 where you're like, you know what? If I don't want to wear a bra today, I'm not going to. And if you I'll never forget this. So recently you were not there. OK, I thought you might have been there. We hosted we a very dear friend of mine. and I hosted a major GOP function like oh, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah, major fun it was like the coup de gras of all parties and ended up, it was supposed to be for one day and it ended up being three at the Georgia uh convention the state convention for the Georgia um party and so I had played my conservative role all weekend and I was the hostess with the mostest wasn't drinking like I'm total lady because I you know I have to entertain people and whatever and I had on my little GOP dresses you know how they are there's pearls and everything's up to your neck and we all look like Quakers and you know we're all professional and that's fine all lady like I'm down that's fine fine but by the last night I was like you goofballs have been in my suite for three days too long. Y'all are like fish. So it's time to go. So I'm going to have some fun. So I put on this elegant dress that uh, is, isn't it a Betsy Johnson? It's a Betsy Johnson dress. Okay. It showed the yiddies. It showed, it didn't show everything, but when I laughed and bent over, my girlfriend was like, if you do that one more time. I'm going to buy tape. <laughs> then I was like, well, I forgot my tape, actually. I do have, like, designer tape, okay, booby tape. And so, but I didn't have it for this trip. But if you could have seen the faces in the room, and I thought, what is, see, this, okay, you're a small-chested, let's just go here. You're a small chest because this drives me nuts, especially with church people. I consider myself medium-chested. You're a tiny person as it is, yes. okay? I'm not a tiny person. And I, I have... Well, I have what we call, I'm part of the, the big booby church committee, like the big church booby committee. Okay. You know who those women are, right? For some reason, overweight, fat, large, obese, whatever you want to call them, women can get away with anything whenever it comes to church and social functions. Boobs hanging all out, cleavage, I mean, galore. That should be a James Bond character. Cleavage galore. Yeah, we won't go to the other one. So <laughs> we can talk about that too. Do we need a male, uh, I mean, a female James Bond character? The answer for me is not just no, but hell no. Okay, so enough of this equality crap. We're already equal. But big women, y'all know I'm right, can get away with so much. There's no shaming. There's no, I'm sorry. Um, could, could you, do you mind covering up? Do you have a jacket you could wear? Did you bring a sweater? They will never hear that ever. But someone who like, I'm slightly on the voluptuous side, probably more than anything. Curvy, I'm not, I'm but very curvy, not, yeah. but I'm not obese. No, no. And, and I'm not, and I'm not a small petite you're not woman. Fat. Okay. But I get busted. I get looks. I get the, do you have a sweater? Oh, we can see the girls. I'm like, well, quit looking at them. Like, yeah. I'm dressing for myself. That's another crock of crap. Do you believe this? People think that women dress for women. Do you? 
Hell oh, no. no. Me either. I don't either. I, I dress don't, for I've myself. Never, I dress I dress for myself. You see too. what I wear out of the house. Does it look like I'm dressing for anyone well, other than the homeless? That's for sure. Right. I know. Yeah. I'm like, you look like you're gonna crawl into someone's box down on Peach Street. And you know so. what? I'm comfortable. So <laughs> no. I'm happy. Yeah, but y'all gotta know when we go out. That doesn't fly with me. Fair so I'm enough. like, you're going to take off the pajama bottoms unless we're going to the movies. Then I don't care what you wear. But I'm not walking around the mall or going to lunch with you wearing. It's called athleisure. Thank you very much. Athleisure. Because you know I'm not athletic. It's more like athleisure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so moving right along. Um, yeah. So oh, speaking it, of, yeah, we can move on to uh, young swimmer getting disqualified. Speaking uh, of clothes and bodies. and Okay. Well, tell booties. us about it. Uh, so apparently a high school student, uh, Brecken Willis, she was a member of the swim team at the Diamond High School in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, she won her heat. Alaska. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she won her heat and afterwards she was disqualified because a little bit of her bum was showing than the other swimmers in her swimsuit oh my gosh they have since reversed the disqualification because there are there okay there are there is a modesty rule which is totally fair i understand i was a swimmer there is a modesty rule however there are procedures in place you have to alert the swim coach of a and a you know, a infraction, infraction of yeah. the modesty rule before the swimmer hits the water. Okay, which this judge didn't. Oh, they just were like, as soon after she got out of the pool, apparently her swimsuit had adjusted, and I'm like, yeah, no crap. She just won. Do you know how fast people are swimming in the water? Just win. I have to get out of the pool and adjust everything. Exactly. Not just so my butt. yeah, and yeah, they they called it an infraction of the modesty rule. She's disqualified. She doesn't win. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, you know, her mom is calling for. She's calling it sexual harassment. And she's like, I shouldn't have any place on the pool deck. Uh, which well, is fair. I think the coach, too. I mean, okay, see, so here's the deal. I don't have a picture of this kid. No. I, I don't know. And so everyone's still. We've built, seen swims. We've we seen. have. But on a swim team, I mean, on a, listen, your college, okay, your swim coach in high school was like, good grief. She should have been on like a swim team calendar. And she swam for Georgia Tech here yeah. in the state of Georgia. And, and she, she wore was the bomb. And yeah. she wore like. Good grief, britches. Like, but that's I was what like, you wear. I mean, right. They had, like, Baywatch bathing suits. Like, they okay, came up across the hips. Have like, you really seen the high. men's Speedos? Have you seen the men's the, do, I, Girl, I get it. Listen. You, I, you get the whole a, listen, picture. I saw my first male camel toe last week. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, at Con. <Dragon> oh, <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> and, yeah, rating for this show, is this clean, explicit, or unspecified? It's unspecified. unspecified, as all of our shows are. Yeah, it's unspecified. I That's mean, our rating. Look, if you're uncomfortable hearing about yiddies and hearing about male yeah, camel just toes, don't subscribe to our podcast. That's yeah. easy. Then you, your kids I, know yeah. what it is. Then you're your probably, six year old knows then what it is. You're actually probably on the internet at night at three a.m. Googling this stuff, right. or worse. What? What's a male? Okay, our <laughs> producer wants to know who's a man. Wants to know what a male camel toe is. So, we all know what a camel toe is well maybe some people don't so be keep it g-rated so a camel toe is when the front <laughs> of a female's I pants cannot even believe we're talking about this uh ride up so much that you can get the full picture of what of the, the female, female anatomy is. yes of what uh, she's okay. working with yes now replace the female anatomy with the male anatomy yes that's what a male camel toe is <laughs> and it is Highly disturbing <laughs> on every level. We were at Dragon Con last week. 
And I looked at Alex and I was like, I am pretty sure I just saw a male camel toe. And that's the first time I've ever seen. And he was very proud of himself. He was wearing like suspenders without a shirt with these like really high, high britches that were just in. in, And okay. And I'm okay. And and now we're going to switch over to another subject about homosexuality. In all honesty, this is something that is uh, the rage in uh, like you'll see it in a lot of pride parades because um, it is a way to exploit your genitalia to say hey look what i have mm-hmm. okay so and i'm not being funny it's true that's yep. what happens but for women it's usually your britches are just too tight and you look yeah. ridiculous like because for us it creates all kinds of uh physiological problems that start to occur when it's you're wearing also tight just yeah like it's that not good for you at all it's not good for the girl right or for anyone in her direct proximity <laughs> so yikes okay yeah um, so moving right along so apparently okay this is going to blow your mind maybe especially if you're from new york city but new york city will repeal its ban on the discredited discredited what is what is this from okay discredited i'm just going to read this straight out of my news clip you ready because i don't necessarily think it's discredited but new york city will repeal its ban on the discredited practice of gay conversion therapy why as a legal gambit to save similar bans elsewhere the city council speaker Corey johnson uh, uh, who is gay okay said that the legal maneuver was quote the most responsible prudent course After a conservative Christian legal organization sued over the ban, if the lawsuit were here's what their main concern is. So they've they've banned um, conversion therapy. Mm -hmm. okay, and now they're undoing the ban. Mm -hmm. And this is why they're undoing the ban. And this is a a homosexual person who uh, is at the forefront saying this is the most prudent choice we could make because if the lawsuit were to reach the Supreme Court, justices could issue a blanket ruling empowering conversion therapy, mm-hmm. which medical groups have denounced. Supporters of the repeal say that it is regrettable but necessary step to uh, given the high court's conservative lineup under the Trump administration. Okay. Conversion therapy, some of you are like, what the heck does that mean? Anytime I've, before you sound off on it, anytime I have um, thought, I've even seen the word conversion therapy, keep in mind, I am an ordained minister. So we're going to get to this from from this perspective as well, okay? But the the definition of conversion therapy really is uh, very simple. Conversion therapy is the pseudoscientific practice of trying to change an individual's sexual orientation from homosexual or bisexual to heterosexual using psychological or spiritual interventions. Very simple definition. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how that manifests itself is a whole other ball of wax. And for me, I always kind of envision like the L. Ron Hubbards of Christianity, the Dianetics folks, you know, who will who will hook your brain up literally to machines as you take personality tests to be able to see what kind of thought patterns you have and, and to assess where your deficiencies are mentally. Right. And so for me, I, with this conversion therapy, first of all, I think that um, I'm I'm not a proponent of encroaching upon the church's ability to practice um, its beliefs. Now, here's where you here's where you get into the gray area of things. It's like if if there's a definitive protocol, what is it? Okay, 
Um, if you are going to tell me that I, by virtue of what I believe, which is the Holy Spirit is capable of converting anything into anything, as long as it's moving in the direction of life and liberty, if you're going to tell me that that is hate speech, that that is, um, that is damnation on someone's soul and I need to be silenced because of that belief, then we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. So do I think that there are nuts that are all rolled into this thing called conversion therapy? Sure, because I don't know what other churches are teaching some of these kids or adults. But I know you have a lot of friends who are homosexual. Mm-hmm. So do I. I work with homosexuals. I I hang out with homosexuals. So, But for the purpose of this conversation, mm-hmm. I want to keep this very simply. We have read some literature mm-hmm. that says that there could be a, a a a wiring within the brain, and you're the neuroscience minor here. Yeah, it, it there are the science is very polarizing as it is for everything. Yes, and there are some scientific studies that have a uh, clear cut. There is a genetic as where as well as a neurobiological predisposition to homosexuality, meaning you are born gay. You are not made that way. Um, I personally haven't done that research, so I'm not right. an expert. I cannot not, tell you. There's not a lot of it. There's out not there. a lot. And I can't tell you if that's true or not. If you are born gay, if you're not, if you become, I don't know. All I know is, you know, I think you're correct in saying, you know, if you are at a church that teaches, look, if you, if you personally believe homosexuality is a sin and you would like to walk out of that, we would like to invite you to bring the Holy Spirit in and to pray for that heart change or right. or predisposition change, right. essentially. That I am 100% a proponent for. I think that's completely fair. Believe in that. That's what the church is here for. However, with a lot of these programs, it's not geared towards consenting adults. It is parents against their child's will throwing them into strangers' hands to convert them. And a lot of these practices aren't just about Jesus's love and praying. It's physical. It's not just psychological. Okay, so where do we draw the line? Because where do we draw the line between parents who are sending their three-year-olds? Because here's the other end of the spectrum. They're sending their three-year-olds to chop off their boy parts because they decided they found them in the playroom one day playing with a Barbie doll. I don't agree with that either. Okay. I don't agree with anything under the age of 18. Parents do not need to be making decisions one way or another about their child's gender, sexual orientation, predisposition, whatever. I don't believe that. I don't believe in hormone therapy for kids. Um, I don't believe that that's a choice that parents should make for their kids at all. I think when someone turns 18 and they decide for themselves one way or another, yeah, I want to enter into a conversion therapy or I would like to get into gender reassignment. Absolutely. That is your choice. I do not think parents need to be making that choice for their children. Okay, so the thing that I was taught in the ministry that I came up in was that God did not create um, confusion and that he was not confused around Adam and Eve. It was not Adam and Steve is the old ha ha ridiculous joke goes. Um, so I think what I see happening in the earth today is that the church has been, and I say this a lot, when you have a, demogra- a demographic of people or a person who has been consistently rejected and alienated and abused and uh, scorned and shoved outside uh, and exiled from society, be, uh, been made to feel ashamed of themselves, and because 
because your sexual orientation and your preference really is a part of of who it makes a part up of who you are. It's not mm-hmm. all we are because even heterosexuals, a lot of people cannot um, express their sexuality for various physical limitations that they have. Okay, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, they have taken this sexual expression and made it their sole point of identity. And because of their inability historically in this country to express their desire for the same sex or their love for the same sex, their, their, um, their, um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Their affections. Okay. Okay. They couldn't publicly display something that they felt so ardently about and passionately about inside. And because it was made to be this. It is the unforgivable sin. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, was burned to the ground. Well, actually, if you study the scriptures, what you're going to find is that the main reason Sodom and Gomorrah was burned to the ground was because of all the violence. Yeah. And most people don't know that. Yeah. And so it's easier, though, to castigate an entire demographic of people. So what happens when that happens is people get fearful. And what Mm -hmm. happens whenever fear breeds over time? People become proud because you have to for Mm self-preservation. It's a hardening. Exactly. So you become proud. You develop an entire society around this pride that further exiles you from society. So then what has to happen? You have to convince the other side of society that they're wrong and everyone has to convert to this way of thinking that everything is okay and everything is tolerable. And if you don't like that, then we're going to shut you down. And the church finally got enough stones to stand up and say, no, this is America. We don't subscribe to that. This is not what we believe. We can love you exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. But not only did we take it to that extreme, then we swung the church doors open and said, no problem. We don't know what the hell we're reading in the Bible either. Come on in. And if you're gay, we'll allow you to be pastors and priests. And hey, since the priests are molesting little boys anyway for the past 200 years, why not? So that no one wants to own up to. So you see how all of this perversion. Okay. It is impossible for two people of the same sex to produce an an offspring. Impossible. Biologically, we know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't care who tries to argue that point. So if you're just looking at it from a survival of the species, it is impossible to survive as an entirely homosexual species. We would die within, what, 100 years or, or a little bit over that. We would be extinct. Okay. So just start there. But... So if you're looking at it from a God perspective and God is a creator and God is a proliferator of life. And if you're looking at it from a scriptural standpoint that says, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen because there are universal laws within creation that I have fashioned. And I don't want you to do this because it's going to lead to confusion. It's going to lead to perversion. It's going to lead to exile. It's going to lead to things where people are going to emerge in their most debase human forms of of extracting you and exiling you from community. And I created you for fellowship and order and love and community. But this is the world system. So it's just gotten completely, completely crazy. The church looks like the world. The world looks like I don't know what. It's a hodgepodge. And as you know, entertainment started with, the, you know, the queer eye for the, uh, what is it? The straight the straight guy, the straight eye, blind guy. I don't know. Sure. All the queer, queer eyes eye for, for the, the fifth straight guy. guy. That guy too. So since that started, you know, it's, it's just become this um, utopian 
you know, well, can't we all just get along? And, and my my premise has always been, hey, dude, like I'm I'm not into converting you any more than I am just saying, hey, um, so here's the gospel of Jesus Christ and do with it what you want. Because mm-hmm. that's what we're all. And guess what? Guess what? The Bible didn't say Monica adds daily to the church. It says very specifically God adds daily to the church. Mm-hmm. But for me to agree with that with confusion is something that and I call it confusion because I think biologically, emotionally, psychologically, physiologically it and societally it becomes confusing for everyone around you. So my thing is, OK, if you want to be gay. PK, we should leave you alone in that and let you do. I mean, that because I, you know what, Alex, I have this ability and I think you do too. And most, most common sense and, and very practical and sane, calm, peaceful, peace loving people can see that um, we don't all have to be the same, that there's a civic duty to our freedom in this country. Mm-hmm. And that includes being the free expression of your faith. Yeah. And that includes the free expression of your affections and your love. And that's really what I'm about. I mean, if anything, it's, you know, you do you do you. I'll do me. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to encroach on you. Please don't encroach on me. I may not agree with you. That doesn't mean I have to hate you. You may not agree with me. That doesn't mean you have to hate me. But I felt I feel like our country and society have been built in a way where we can coexist but we are trying to tear that down at the seams right because we don't want to coexist we want to meld and and sameness it's safe yeah and i'm like i don't want to be the same as you and i don't want you to be the same as me i want to be able to marvel at the things that you are better at than me the things that you can create that i can't and i want the same for you like i want us to be able to see the beauty in our difference and accept that and move on. Live your life. Let, let me live my life. Let me live my life. You live your life. Well, you've we'll even said that laws. some of your homosexual friends, well, that's the thing. That's the thing is that the laws are forever changing in the favor of people who want everyone to be the same. That's how I see it happening. And and then and so what do you end up with? A civil war. You end up with a standoff of people saying, no, I'm, I don't want to be like you. Stop it and go do you go be yourself. But then as as a you even you've told me several times that several of your gay friends. So back to that. I want I want to I want to finish my thought with this. We've said, are you born gay? OK, from from the school that I come from, God did not create anything out of order and he did not create same sex uh togetherness in order to pro- proliferate creation okay have things come down through the generation we already know this you can and you know this your dna your rna can change like minute to minute so whatever it is you're meditating on mm-hmm. uh perversions within the family i mean we know before the old testament you know the sins came down to the fathers the third and fourth fifth generation um and 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 for the new testament you know people are raised in certain environments that are completely disorder and disordered and inordinate and whatever that happens what happens in utero that affects the child what happens in their mm-hmm. nurture versus uh nature mm-hmm. environment that they're raised in and you know a lot of a lot of my gay girlfriends will tell you their dad was a bastard i mean he was just rotten to the core and he hated men i mean they ended up hating men because he wanted a boy mm. He wanted a boy and he was never happy with her. And there's something in that girl that was like, okay, fine. You want a boy? No problem. Hold my beer. 
Yeah. I can't so speak to that because I don't have a lot of lesbian friends. I have a lot of gay friends. And right. for them, I mean, they will tell me. Like, there wasn't a, a decision. I'm, I I do have some gay friends who have questioned and yeah. they've kind of tried and they've experimented and come to a conclusion. And then I have other friends who are like, this is who I've always been. Right. So I don't know. I can't. I will not. You know, and that's great. I don't know. Uh, from science, it seems like it could be, yes, you're born that way or you could be not. I don't know. Okay. So when we're talking about conversion therapy, you're dealing yeah. with spiritual dynamics and and, and, and psychological, psychiatric dynamics. I've never been a part of a spiritual conversion therapy session. Mm-hmm. I know that anytime I've ever ministered to someone around the area of homosexuality, it has been because they came to me yeah. because they were tired of being conflicted internally and yeah. with their lives and they were depressed or they were um, they were exiled from their family or they were conflicted because they are reading the scriptures going yikes what yeah. does this mean for my life what where do I fit where do I fit where where yeah I mean mm-hmm. am I going to hell am I I mean there are all these very real questions that people have you know and and you have to again I talked about this in, in one of my podcasts it's untangling the knots with people mm-hmm. and you know but if you I don't know what people do in these sessions it kind of creeps me out to think I mean, about what some people are telling these kids about I, well you know God said that homosexuals are going to hell I have heard I mean, God can you imagine being eight years old you'd be like okay I don't ever want to see anything sexual ever again yeah like sure uncle i i'll plead god i don't like boys i promise you know and it's like god that would create great conflict in a little person's head i would think absolutely and that's my point the people that came to you did so by choice yes they chose to because they wanted a change yes and that is absolutely something that i think should be available to people through the church or through whomever if they want if they want to explore that option, absolutely, that should be given to you. But if you're a child, no, you should not be forcing your children into these concentration things in, in as much as you should absolutely not be forcing your children into hormone therapy. Right. Or, well, or gender reassignment uh, well, surgery. My thing is, parent, we, I don't know what the heck is wrong with us. I don't know when we got to the point when we just don't have answers for anything the question the biggest question of the day or of the of 50 years worth of generations was why is this guy blue well we started asking questions and now all of a sudden it's why do i have a pp and i really want to wear pink dresses i mean how do, and parents are like what do i do i'm like what do you mean what do you do like, what? do you have a do you have a personal constitution before you start popping out kids that you can't answer questions about? I mean, come on. What did we get so weak need and just so milly mouthed about everything? I just don't get it. Does anyone have a personal constitution for the love of God? So when these little people come to you, you have something to feed them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I look, this is why I don't have kids right now, because I don't have these answers to these questions. Like, I don't know what to tell my son who comes to me saying, Mom, I want to play with Barbies, but I really like girls. Right now, I would be like, if you ever I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever came to me in college and you remember this very clearly, there was a little girl in college who you were like palling up with. And I went out and I was like, "Hmm, I'm feeling like there's some inordinate affection there. So I address it with you. 
exactly like that. I said, Allie, but we both also have the same spiritual knowledge because oh, we've yeah. been through the yeah, same I spiritual know. school yeah, of, lo- of a lot of things. Yeah. And so I said, there's, I know she's, and I, I approached it with care and with caution not to drive you into rebellion. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, Allie, I feel like there's some inordinate affection there between her that she um, has an affinity for you. That's probably, she's going to want to lead you down into some lesbian uh, trails. And you were like, you know, initially you weren't really sure what to think of that because you didn't know anyone else on campus. You were a freshman. You had just gotten there and everybody's cool and fun and scared and skipping along and locking arms and ooh, we're going to huddle together. And she's a cute girl and she's very outgoing. And I'm sure she you could both open doors for each other and meeting new people. But I dropped that seed on you. And thank God we have the relationship we do. And within two weeks, you called me and said, yeah, so remember that conversation? <laughs> Um, I, you're right. You're right. She does have an inordinate affinity for me that goes beyond. And I was like, okay, well, now you have a choice. And had you come to me and said, well, mom, you know, I think I want to experiment. I'd have put on my work boots immediately and been like, can I just tell you what experimentation has done for probably, I don't know, 40 to 50 women I've sat across from at 45 with 2.5 children, a Lexus SUV and a husband they can't stand and they can't have sex with anymore and the guilt bags that they still pack with them whenever they sit across from me on the couch because they cannot believe that they've gone down on another woman and they're trying to raise a daughter and they were never homosexual to begin with, but they just kind of gave in to, well, everybody's experimenting. Why not me? That would have been my conversation. So, Allie, you have a choice. Do you want to go down the path of confusion and be like everybody else so that you can know whether or not you like something and end up on someone's therapy couch for other things than what you're on there for now at 45? Or do you want to stay the course that you're on and say no to that? Because I have taught you, I've reared you with a different belief system that that is going to be confusing for you because you, A, you have not had an affinity for girls your whole life. So why would you open that door? And you know what? That was the straightforward conversation I had with you. I still gave you the choice. I could not control your choices, but I didn't abandon you in it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents are just afraid. As soon as they hear anything to do with homosexuality and their kids, they just shut it down. There's no conversation. There's no, there's no openness. There's no safety in it. It's just, if you do this, we're gone. Consider yourself excommunicated. I can't can't even imagine saying that. And that's so, that is so awful. That is awful. That is, if you are a parent that's done that, I'm sorry, you're awful. (laughs) No, if you're a parent that's done that, well, talk to Jesus. First of all, you're awful. Then talk to Jesus. We are going to, well, God, I thought we were going to do a parental uh, apology tour, but it sounds like we just need to have a familial apology tour. All right. You just heard it from a 23-year-old's perspective. She's like, you suck, period. End of story. Now, I don't think that's all you will ever (laughs) be. I also said, talk to Jesus, work on your heart and call your kids. But yeah, (laughs) from a 23-year-old perspective, you're awful. From a ministerial perspective, I would like to persuade you to appeal to your higher nature and remember that you have been entrusted with that little person, no matter how old they are. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be yours. And for you to abandon them to the world or to crappy choices, is it is inherently wrong. But if you have done it, it's not too late to backstroke. No. It is not too late to back that thing up. It's never too and late go to your child too late. and open the door. Yeah. 
So, but I don't want people being stuck in, you're just awful. Uh, It's not just awful. It's not just awful, but it it is not cool because I am friends with your kids who you've abandoned. And I see that day in, day out, the crap that they're going through. And it is awful. It is painful. It is hurtful. It is sad. It is soul crushing. That's so, the second time you've used that term this morning. But we're going to move along to what? very quickly, and then we're going to hang up. So when it comes to tipping, a survey by creditcards.com, there you go, finds men, women, and millennials are boom or bust tippers. When men and millennials do tip, they actually tend to leave better tips. Men and millennials are inconsistent. Was that Wes Moss? It sounded a lot like it on our station. Okay, who's the better tipper? I mean, I tip 20% regardless. You do? Unless someone calls me the B word to my face during my service or they spit in my food, I'm tipping well, how 20%. Would you know? First, okay, so I thought you only did 20. I thought you did 25, and I was like, girl, whatever. I do 20. I was going to say, That's you need to normal. give me the 5% for living at home. Forget the 25. No, I said 20. I thought for sure you said 25. 20. Okay. 20%. And sometimes, like, if you're crappy, I still tip because I know you have bills to pay and maybe you just had a crappy day. I always tip. But it could be 10 or 15. It could be. It, and, yeah, and that is really up to how I am treated by that server. That's true. If it has anything to do with, like, food, that they don't make my food. That's Why true. am I going to take away from their livelihood? That's not their fault. That's the kitchen's fault. Right. Okay, men, crappy tippers. Have you been out with guys who are crappy tippers? I haven't. All the guys I've no. dated have always been good tippers. Yeah, because that's something I notice. Yeah. I notice how you treat wait staff. Yeah, and me if too. you treat them anything less than like how you treat me or you're a crappy tipper, we're done. Yeah, that's out. Yeah. Okay, we're out. Speaking yep. of out, we're out. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Friday. Yep. Uh, you can catch us at, for now, you can email us at monicamatthews.com. We're working on our website and all that other good stuff. iTunes, Stitcher, monicamatthews.com, all over the place. Uh, gosh, where else are we? All, all your major download mediums. Just Google us, exactly. We'll be there. Uh, but until next time, be nice. Be kind. Love yourself. And your kids. Amen. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>